We're down to the wire with only two months left until Koreans head to the ballot box to choose who will represent them in the 22nd National Assembly for the next four years. The elections are widely seen as a referendum on President Yoon, as well as an outlook on his chances of pushing through his policies in his third year in office, so essentially defining the latter half of his term. This is why rival parties are gearing up for what is expected to be a fierce competition. That might be an understatement. We dive deeper with Adam joining us on the line. Good morning. Good morning and happy Lunar New Year holiday. That's right. It's the last leg of a long weekend. I'm sure our listeners, especially locals, are trying to pave their way back to reality. And <laughs> we all need a little bit of information updates when we're on a long commute, a long drive back. Yeah, so we had January 1st, the new year, and now the Lunar New Year holiday, so holiday hangovers all over the place. (laughs) I hope you'll recover. (laughs) (laughs) Barely. (laughs) You know, it's a funny thing because we began talking about the prelude and the lead up to the general election since last year. We said it's going to be an important election year, namely for us, for the upcoming general elections locally and the U.S. presidential election. So we thought this might be an appropriate time to get all of our listeners caught up um, what's to happen, what's expected in two months' time. So let's begin mm-hmm. with an election overview, Adam. I think that's a safe place mm-hmm. to start. Uh, when yeah. is the vote exactly taking place and what should voters know? Right. So just to get the basically the basic information out of the way, this year they will be held on April 10th, uh, all the way from the morning to the evening. Uh, and it is uh, basically... A national holiday, if you will. So, yeah, a lot of people will be off work uh, mm-hmm. during that day. 300 seats, as usual, uh, are up for grabs in Parliament. Uh, you have to be over 18 to vote. And also, if you are a non-Korean citizen registered in the relevant local constituency and who has had a resident visa for at least three years, has the right uh, to vote. So just because... Uh, you are here on a visa, uh, doesn't mean you're not eligible to vote. You mm. still have the right to vote. You just have to have had a resident visa uh, or longer for three years. Now, the parties fighting for majority are, of course, the uh, ruling People Power Party, the Democratic Party, Green Justice Party, Basic Income Party, uh, Progressive Party, New Reform Party, and the New Future Party, as well as Independence, of course. Now, the two major parties, be the PPP and the DP, those... Uh, and another party, which we'll be discussing in a moment. Mm. Those are the ones that uh, a lot of people will be putting their eyes on. Now, the ruling PPP is determined to reshape the composition of the current assembly, dominated by its liberal rival, the DP. So it wants to take the majority away from them. The opposition uh, DP, meanwhile, is determined to maintain its dominance uh, in Parliament and a counterbalance, of course, to the governing party and Mm. uh, the UN administration as well. Okay, so there's been a lot of talk about the rules of this year's elections. The PPP, the ruling party, wants to use a parallel voting system. The DP, using its majority, decided last week to unilaterally maintain the current system of allocating proportional seats with a status quo. As you've said on the program before, uh, Adam, the election is projected to be very similar to that of four years ago. So run us through the differences and how they could affect the elections. 
Yeah, so we kind of did a, a brief of, of an overview or a summary uh, mm. last time on keyword news. I'm going to get a bit technical here. I'll try and explain to the best of my ability to try and keep it simple as possible. <laughs> a lot of electoral kind of systems involved. But yes, the DP chair, Yi Zemyung, was given authority to decide on the rules of this year's elections and choose this. And he chose to stick with the semi-mixed member proportional representation system, or MMPR system for sure. So it was introduced first uh, back in the 2020 general elections to ensure fair representation for minor parties in Parliament by allocating a certain number of seats to their lawmakers, 47 to be precise. However, it has been criticised for encouraging major parties to establish several satellite parties, or these paper parties, which was the case, in 2020, at that time, the satellite parties of the two major parties secured 36 of the 47 seats initially allocated for minor parties by the system. So the minor parties who ran in the election back then only won eight of such seats in total. So not uh, not really um, uh, adhering to the mm. uh, kind of goal of better representation for them in parliaments. And also the system was also deemed to be extremely complex and confusing. So if you're confused by the end of this, well, you've proved my point. <laughs> now, it ties uh, parliamentary seats to the percentage of voters' support for parties and involves uh, a complex complica- uh, calculation. Now, Korea's current system is called semi-MMP because the rules apply to only 30 out of the total 47 proportional seats at a 50% ratio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> already it's happening. Uh, the PPP and other minor parties uh, have called for a return to the so-called parallel representative mm. system. That's where voters can cast separate ballots for constituency seats counting them separately from votes for parties. Now, last uh, week, Lee's decision has sparked even more tensions, of course, between the two major parties because of that very uh, issue. Mm. As expected, the DP will create a satellite party, as will the PPP to counter, although they're not happy about it. So basically the question is, how will minor parties fare? They'll certainly be weighing the pros and cons. Mm -hmm. They certainly have a better chance of grabbing the proportional seats. But, of course, the satellite party tactic is becoming or will become a major obstacle as it had been uh, last time round in 2020. And, of Mm -hmm. course, to offset that risk, minor parties may choose to form a single um, umbrella party, if Uh. you will, to challenge the rival party's uh, candidates. And so, yeah, it's going to be more of the same kind of uh, system uh, and affair that we had four years ago. So we'll have to see uh, how well it uh, it plays out this time around. So a coalition is expected essentially, but who will side with who and who merges with whom? That becomes a complicated question. Uh, Can we steer away from the same old from four years ago if there is Mm -hmm. some pros to come out of it? We'll have to wait and see. And you're right. You've probably lost half of my listeners. (laughs) (laughs) I apologize. It's very complex. But but I tried to keep it as simple as possible. Uh, How about this, Adam? Because you covered that in such great detail leading up to the American presidential election. I'll I'll explain the Electoral College. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I think uh, because, of course, the British uh, Mm -hmm. system is different as well. Uh, I've tried to dive into the details of the Electoral College and its 
still bewilders me. So <laughs> <laughs> you could try, but I'll still go over my head. <laughs> Save for another day. So let's talk yeah. about some campaign developments in the general elections. It's hard to forget yeah. the brazen attack on the DP chair. Uh, there have been some key developments, including but not limited to it. Uh, it's not just limited to uh, the attack on Lee Jae-myung. Uh, there was another attack on uh, Baeonjin as well. Mm-hmm. There was, of course... Uh, other other shifts, like you alluded mm-hmm. to, third parties, satellite parties. So let's start mm-hmm. with the new parties, how they plan to shift the political landscape. Right. So, yes, yeah, so we mentioned satellite parties. They're kind of tactics utilized by the two major parties, as I said, to take an advantage or exploit, as some critics pointed, of the semi-mixed uh, or semi-MMP uh, uh, mm-hmm. system. But... There is a side of this uh, political development where there is a completely new uh, parties being made by kind of defectors of these major parties. Now, Eden Sark, for example, the former leader of the PPP, has established a new party. He left the ruling bloc after clashes with older members of the party. Uh, he has also been very critical of President Yoon, which has, of course, frayed his relations with the top office. This bled into in-party fighting between pro-Yoon and anti-Yoon factions. It's mm. uh, not new, but it has kind of exacerbated the situation. Uh, he has been touted by some political pundits as kind of being a wild card in the upcoming election because of his popularity with young voters especially. Now, these issues are also evident on the other side of the mm. aisle. Uh, Ina Gyun, a former prime minister and former leader of the DP, is also set to establish a new party. He, like Lee Jun-suk, has also had some political heavyweights by his side. He says he wants to give hope to the despairing public and aims to be the largest party in the general election. It's quite an ambitious goal of trying to overtake the PPP and DP. Now, Ina Gyun has fiercely competed with Lee Jae-myung, calling for his recognition uh, resignation, rather, and believes that the various scandals and lawsuits related to the current EP leader are a liability uh, for the party. So there's been some in-party fighting because of that reason as well. So the cited reasons for both defections is the public's poor perception of the two major parties. Now, both Lees want to take advantage of that, but it remains to be seen, of course, if they will have any chance in changing uh, the public view. Mm-hmm. Now, we saw past cases of this uh, mm-hmm. that hasn't worked out so well. Uh, past party splits uh, like Anto Su's iterations of the People Party, for example, demonstrate that new parties are unlikely to kind of upend the two-party system that's already in place. It remains to be seen whether other prominent defectors join the new camps and whether the two new camps merge to create a third pillar of the Korean party system. That's something that's been... Um, most likely uh, be predicted as happening. Now, the Korean public seem kind of tired of the main parties and, you know, in-house fighting and stubborn resistance to reform. Uh, But they're also not very keen on the establishment of new parties, as, of course, it could create more confusion uh, when (laughs) casting votes as well. So already in Korean political elections, uh, the voters' kind of consensus is that it's a choice of two evils. But Mm -hmm. if you have another party from prominent members of those two major parties, well, now uh, some people are are saying that it's maybe a case of choosing uh, the less of three evils. So uh, we'll have to see how it uh, it proceeds in the uh, April election coming up.
is stuck in a rock and a hard place. Why do I have a feeling that that sort of a consensus in high stakes elections across many other polarized political spectrums? It's not just limited to Korea. I don't I don't want to continuously bring up the U.S. presidential election, but the narrative there seems quite similar. Right. Yeah. I mean, any major. uh, Well, I'm not probably not just limited to major economies, but I guess uh, all politicians in uh, most uh, countries yeah, and the public uh, have a, a similar kind of, you know, perception uh, in the UK as well. When uh, to, uh, voting for uh, parties, of course, the prime minister, uh, the leader of that party, becomes prime minister. It's a similar story, basically. So mm-hmm. I think it's just politics in general on a global <laughs> scale, right? <laughs> That's a mouthful. But yeah. this is perhaps why we have usually QR news on a daily basis. If you don't decipher mm. the policies on a deeper level, you wouldn't know which way to swing. And it's about making right. those hard decisions. Uh, another mm-hmm. major development uh, we discussed on our program before are the series of brazen attacks on major politicians, including with one against the DP chair and the PPP lawmaker, Pei Jin. This has rattled politicians as they head into campaign season and they get closer mm-hmm. to the public and more prone to security threats. So it's mm-hmm. prompting a conversation on heightened security. Yeah, so the most recent one was Pei, who was attacked by a rock-wielding 14-year-old boy, interestingly, roughly three weeks after Lee Jae-myung was stabbed in Busan. This has prompted politicians from both sides of the aisle to kind of share messages uh, in unity and unanimously condemning the use of violence against politicians. They've also stressed the need for measures to prevent uh, copycat crimes. Uh, however, despite the unified condemnation, uh, he seems to place blame on President Yoon. So the political mudslinging continues. Now, after recovering, he accused Yoon of promoting divisive politics and worsening an already toxic discourse in the nation. Pear has also finished surgery uh, and has pledged to get rid of what she called political hatred, whether that was a swipe at E or the opposition party, uh, only she knows. Mm. Now, uh, this this did bring about the questions of heightened security in campaigning. There's been discussions with the National Police Agency uh, and the ruling party on um, upping the uh, personnel and security personnel police as well for Mm. politicians. Mm. That in itself has uh, sparked some sort of criticism, saying, well, politicians are feeling a bit entitled, and why should they get more security than the regular Jane and Joe and things like that? uh, But of course, in campaigning, these politicians are out on the streets uh, pretty much uh, face-to-face with the uh, public. So they are prone to such attacks. So... Yeah, I mean, uh, this has sparked a whole load of other questions as well. But of course, any violence uh, in any scenario uh, is bad overall. And minimizing the risk should always be prioritized. But I think to that criticism, maybe I, we can add one more point. I mean, it is mm. the idea of we don't have unlimited personnel with the police or security agencies, right? I mean, mm. we're talking about a potential vacuum in some cases uh, will, right. will protection elsewhere have to be minimized to protect politicians i think that's a sticky point too yeah yeah i mean that, that's a, not just between the public and the uh, politicians but between the politicians running as well yeah. well there might be some kind of you know some bad blood and some uh, jealousy uh, all going on say <laughs> well i've only got two officers by me why does he get 10 or why does she get you know 15 so I didn't even go that, that kind far. of question. okay <laughs> yeah but there's that kind of question as well so All right. yeah uh, yeah a whole load of questions involved mm. in this 
Only one thing is agreeable from that takeaway, a zero tolerance to violence. How we mm-hmm. go about protecting these high-profile politicians, uh, that's still being debated. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I know, Aram, you don't have a crystal ball to look into the future, and <laughs> I don't expect all of the answers, but let's talk about some of the expectations. There have been a lot of developments and variables, uh, like the ones we mentioned today. Uh, how much, if any, will these play a factor in determining the results of the April vote? That is the question, isn't it? And only if we knew. But of course, it's uh, hard to predict uh, who will be favourites to win, especially this year as various opinion polls show no particular party or no particular person or candidate holding a comfortable lead. But it is, of course, still early days. Uh, For example, the polls conducted in December show that 35% of 1,000 respondents were still undecided on who to vote for. Now, that 35%, of course, can mean the win or loss of a certain party or candidates. Now, on top of that, prominent politicians such as Lee Jun-suk and Inagyan are, as I said, creating their own respective parties to challenge the traditional two-party race. The whole point of them doing so is to shake up the status quo. Whether they'll be able to achieve that, of course, remains to be seen. But the chances so far are looking a bit Now, recent polls show that only 18% of people are willing to vote for a new party created by the former PPP leader, while 20% expressed support for the DP's leaders group. So still relatively low percentages for the time being. But of course, uh, official kind of campaigning hasn't really begun at the moment. So we'll have to see uh, how successful they are on the campaign trail. Uh, Meanwhile, there is one possible indication, a very slim one, though, that the ruling party is not doing so well, uh, and that is a loss in a crucial local by-election that happened uh, in the Kansa ward Mm -hmm. about uh, half a year ago. But it's still, of course, too early to say that is a prediction of what's to come, um, and a lot can happen in three months as well. And, of course, that's only one section of uh, uh, dozens of awards uh, uh, up for grabs. In Who says Seoul. we have three uh, months? We have two months now. <laughs> oh, sorry, two months. Uh, <laughs> if I could do my math. Properly. It happened fast. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so it seems like uh, there was some space now, but of course we are in mm. the thick of it at the moment. So yeah, only a couple of months left until the election. Mm. So still a lot can happen. A lot can happen even uh, with just a week left uh, right. until the election. So We've seen cases where with only a week left, uh, it's swayed from one way to the other. Now, one thing that has been a trend, though, especially in these parliamentary elections in Korea, is that it's rare for the ruling party to gain a majority uh, because it is essentially a litmus test for the president and the ruling party. And, of course, they are on the chopping block and often face more scrutiny because they are the ones pushing for the policies, because they are the ones in office, in power, Mm. after becoming the governing body. Uh, If the president and ruling party are basically not pleasing the public, then the public will side with those who are opposed to them. So basically, uh, they might not be happy with the opposition, but they're Uh. happy with the fact that someone's opposed to the ones who are pushing the policies and making and uh, calling the shots. Now, Mm. President Yoon has been suffering from low approval ratings, so now it's a question of whether he is able to turn that around with the ruling People Power Party before voting takes place. I mean, it seems high stakes for the president and the governing body, as this means it might single-handedly define what's to be expected Mm. for the president's third year and the latter half of his term. 
Yeah, so if we saw with the uh, last election as well, I mm. mean, of course, um, the opposition party, they utilised the MMP system to gain the majority. Mm. So uh, I think they're believing that this time round, well, it's a question of, you know, if it's not broken, then don't fix it kind of analogy yeah. where, you know, they decided, although it is unpopular to keep with the status quo because it worked for them before, so maybe they're pinning their hopes to, uh, that it's going to work for them uh, again, but of course, with the emergence of these new parties mm-hmm. uh, uh, trying to challenge these two major parties, and with President Yoon and the ruling party kind of suffering uh, relatively lower approval ratings, mm-hmm. we'll have to. See. There's just so many questions involved, and so many <laughs> different variables that may determine the outcome of the results. So. Uh, I'm digressing, but uh, yeah, basically, (laughs) it's hard to tell is basically what I'm trying to say. (laughs) You could have ended the last question with just three words, hard to tell. (laughs) And add three more, (laughs) wait and see. (laughs) Wait and see, yeah, exactly. But but overall, uh, but one important thing is, of course, is that we don't really know uh, how things are going to play out unless the public go out uh, out to vote. So if you do have the right to have a say in your constituency or who represents you in parliament, then go out and do so. Don't Mm. complain in the background. (laughs) Go and vote. Exercise (laughs) your right. Thank you so much, Anna, for today's coverage. Happy holidays. We'll see you soon. You're very welcome. Happy New Year. And I'll see you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.